0: You learn best by going to do the thing. So you can go and sit and listen to tons of sermons. You can listen to lectures. You can even listen to podcasts. But how are you actually going to absorb what you're hearing, absorb what you're learning and embody it? It comes from walking it out, learning by doing. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsen speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. The age-old question is on the table. Does God to his people. And if he does speak to his people, what does his voice sound like? And how in the world do you know if it's his voice or your voice that you are hearing? Listen, you are not alone if you have ever thought this or struggled with this. And I am here to give you an opportunity to dive into this topic for yourself, to hone your skill of hearing God's voice and really having meaningful encounters with him. Many of you are familiar with the Untangled Faith book and journal that recently came out, and I am here to tell you that I have now published the Untangled Faith book study guide. So if you are looking for a meaningful book study, consider going to un- tangledfaithstudy.com to learn all about this 10-week experience. Imagine what it would feel like to have a meaningful encounter with God, to hear his voice, to gain his perspective of wisdom for your life. If you feel overwhelmed by all of the noise in the world, the opinions coming at you from every side, then this 10-week experience is for you. If you invite your friends to do this, this is what you will experience. You will explore how to untangle the thoughts that are keeping you stuck, anxious, confused. You will discover what God's voice actually sounds like, know how to hear Him. You will learn the transformational art of honestly communicating with God, to laying it all on the table so that you can receive kingdom, wisdom, truth, and love. He wants to send this your way, and you will be deeply equipped to converse with him, to receive from him through the beautiful spiritual discipline of beautiful exchange journaling. So head to untangledfaithstudy.com to learn all about this 10-week experience that includes reading suggestions, and breakdown of chapters and weeks, small group discussion questions, so you don't have to come up with all this stuff yourself, and the ability to practice with your friends and process what you are hearing from the Lord. I cannot wait to hear about the testimonies coming my way, so head to UntangledFaithStudy.com to find your guide today. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. As always, I'm Megan Nilsson. I am super stoked that you are here with me today. And last week, the previous episode, I dropped seven questions that you can ask yourself in a period of discernment. So if you're in a season of discernment, trying to figure some things out, wondering which way God is leading, which way is the best for you to go, your family, whatever, go back and check out that episode. Write down those seven questions. Those would be great to tuck into your Bible, to tuck into your journal, to post on your bathroom mirror. That's just great, just life foundational stuff moving forward. So go grab that. This week, the thought that is occurring to me to share with you all is sadly quite simple to say, and often complicated to actually live out. So when you're in a season of discernment, trying to untangle those thoughts, figure out which way to go, you can do all the work in the world, but eventually, eventually you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to go one way or the other. And guess what? No decision is a decision, right? Because then the default action happens. So if you don't proactively decide to go one way or the other, life will just, it will just come. Whatever, whatever is going to happen is going to happen and you really have no say in it. So I have this coach that I used to work with, Louise Taylor, shout out to you from Down Under. She used to say there is traction in the action. So how do you know what to do? How do you know which way, which way, which way should I go? Sometimes you just have to go. Sometimes you just have to throw on your shoes, walk out the door and do the thing. I can't remember if I've told you guys this on the podcast before. Forgive me if if it's a a repeat story, but it's so powerful to me because when we were praying about our adoption process, which was, you know, good 12, 13 years ago now. I remember year after year saying, I don't know if we're done having kids, but I think we would adopt. If we expand our family, I think we would adopt, right? You guys have probably heard me say this before. And there was this moment when I was praying and I was like, Lord, just tell us what to do. What are we supposed to do? And I was imagining, you know, God would just, the supernatural divine stork would drop this package, this sweet package of kids on our doorstep and say, you know what? Here is the flashing sign, the bold lights telling you that these are this is your child, these are your children. You are meant to raise these kids. Because why? Because they landed on our doorstep and God knew that I was open. I was praying, waiting for that divine sign. And in that moment of prayer, I remember very distinctly this Holy Spirit impression in which God says, "Megan, you keep praying that something's going to come to you, that if you are meant to adopt, that it will be so clear and there will just be these, this like connect the dots that these kids will arrive on your doorstep. And he said, but what you need to do, all you need to do is open your door, walk out onto your doorstep and look around because the kids who need homes, who need love are everywhere. And that was a radical, like paradigm shifting moment for me. And it's this illustration of the fact that I can pray and, pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until I'm out of prayers. And God's like, hey, if you actually want to do this thing, you need to walk it out. It reminds me of, if you have you guys seen that movie, Evan Almighty, it's old school. I probably dating myself at this point, but it's a Jim Carrey movie. And he plays this guy named Evan Baxter, and he's this newscaster, congressman guy, and God is calling him to build an ark. So it's pretty funny. I would suggest you go back and watch it, right? There's no Academy Awards here, but it's 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 a good one. So early in the film, he's trying to pray, Jim Carrey's character, Evan. And he is a total novice at praying, and the best he can come up with is his prayer to spend more time with his family. So then there comes this encounter with God. And his whole life changes. So it's just funny the way that this plays out in the movie. But one day he asks God what any of this has to do with answering his prayer. So so he's praying to spend time with his family. And then all of a sudden, like loads of lumber are dumped in his driveway, right? Because God's calling him to build an ark. And so he's basically like, okay, I asked you if I could spend time with my family. And yet the only thing that's happening is like these building supplies are just supernaturally magically dropped on my driveway. And so he's like, what the heck, God? And God says this. So God character in the movie says, I think it's Morgan Freeman, right? It's always Morgan Freeman. But he says, let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If he prayed for courage, does God give him courage? Or does he give him opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? And I love this illustration because it absolutely speaks to the kingdom truth that sometimes, in fact, let's just scratch that all together. Most of the time, the way that we enter into kingdom living, the way that we enter into a faith-based living congruent with our faith and our values is to actually practice the things that God's already told us to do. He's going to give us opportunities to listen to his voice and to follow him. So what does that look like to actually walk it out? To learn by doing. My son, my oldest son went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, shout out, go Stangs. But their slogan is learn by doing. And that was one of the main reasons why he wanted to go to that school, because As a mechanical engineer, he didn't want to be sitting in the classroom listening to lectures all the time. He wanted to go in and actually be using his hands, learn by doing that kinetic learning. Spoiler alert COVID really shut down the whole learn by doing thing. So that was a real dark spot in that experience, unfortunately. But the whole idea of learn by doing is so strong because we only learn a fraction, we only retain a fraction of what we hear and absorb. How do we learn best? You guys know this. This is not rocket science. You learn best by going to do the thing. So you can go and sit and listen to tons of sermons. You can listen to lectures. You can even listen to podcasts. But how are you actually going to absorb what you're hearing, absorb what you're learning, and embody it? It comes from walking it out, learning by doing. And I was thinking about this In regards to Jesus washing the disciples' feet. So many of you know in John chapter 13, there's this radical, speaking of paradigm shifting, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He's basically saying, My reputation doesn't matter. Everything is turning upside down because what the world reveres, the image and the status and the knowledge, he's saying, All of that is completely bunk. I am here to overturn. The world system, and I am going to wash your feet. I'm going to be the lowest of the low. And at the end, in John 13, 17, not the end, but at the end of this story, Jesus turns to the disciples because they're all like perplexed and confused and like, whoa, what is Jesus doing? He's the master and he's washing our feet. That is a servant's job. So Jesus shows that he is this servant, that he is radically shifting what we value, what the kingdom values are. And he says in John 13, 17, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. He is speaking to this point of if you know what God's calling you to do, if you know what kingdom living actually looks like, love God and love others. So let's just distill it even if we need to, to the top two commandments, then how do we learn by doing? And in John 13, 17, he says, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. And the word know in this sense is, is perceive with your senses. Because I think oftentimes, at least for me, I value knowledge. I just want to know. Going back to my story about adoption, I just wanted to know without a shadow of a doubt that this is exactly what we were supposed to do. And how would I know that? Because this thing came to me. I didn't have to, I didn't have to walk out. I didn't have to like try new things. I didn't have to be confused or, you know, experiment and see what was actually going to happen. I was thinking, okay, I will know these things because obviously there's a big, huge sign in the sky and there's kids on our doorstep and it's very clear. This is yours to do. But what Jesus is saying and what he said to me in that moment is, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, to know. That word know there means to perceive with all of your senses. What are you perceiving with your spiritual senses? Not necessarily that you know in your logical brain, sort of this black and white without a shadow of a doubt situation. You need to tap into a deeper, emotional spiritual level as you begin to sit with the holy spirit as you begin to listen to god's voice of love and invitation in your life what do your senses sense <laughs> okay let me let me let me rephrase that that doesn't make a lot of sense what are you perceiving in your senses As you pay attention to your life, as you observe the things that are coming into your mind, the circumstances that are coming to you, the experiences, the invitations, what are you sensing and perceiving? And I'm going to argue that what Jesus is saying is, okay, if you sense it and you see it and you sense it and you observe it, blessed, happy are you if you go and do it you construct something, you create something, you cause something to happen because God is calling you to it. So I don't know what that is for you today, but if you're honest in your heart of hearts, consider what have you been feeling? Is it in regards to a relationship that needs mending, that needs tending to, maybe a a covenant relationship, maybe your marriage or a relationship with a child or a parent or a sister or a brother or whatever it is, someone very important in your life. Is there a Holy Spirit stirring that is inviting you into action, into forgiveness, into love, into connectedness in another way? And what Jesus is saying to you today is, happy are you, blessed are you. If you if you perceive what I'm saying to you, if you perceive the invitation, if you see it and you observe how to live as Jesus lived and you do it, then you will receive the blessing. You will receive happiness because that is how God has orchestrated this kingdom. So y'all know I love my Oswald Chambers. Of course, he has a fantastic excerpt in my utmost for his highest it's june 8th if you want to go there but he says if you believe in jesus you are not to spend all your time in the smooth waters just inside the harbor full of delight but always moored always tethered up you have to get out through the harbor into the great deeps of god and begin to know for yourself begin to have spiritual discernment so again What is discernment? It's sensing, it's perceiving, it's asking God to speak into. And then once he is speaking into it and you are getting these senses, then you walk it out. So if you're feeling stuck spiritually, if you're feeling like you're in a dry season, then go back to a point where there was something you knew you should do and you did not do it because maybe it didn't seem to be that important. There was no immediate call to do so. The counterfeit of obedience is a state of mind in which you work up occasions to sacrifice yourself. Passion is mistaken for discernment. So basically what Chambers is saying here is we have this misperception that being a Christian, that walking out this kingdom life is just like this passionate surrender. And while he does call us to surrender and sacrifice ourself, sometimes it's harder to just obey and fulfill our spiritual destiny because we have, we have come to him, transformed mind, body, and soul and saying, Lord Jesus, I am yours what do you want me to know? How do you want me to walk this out in life today? And and we're obedient. We do it. Let me see if I can make it a little more clear with this illustration of something that's happening in my life right now. So I was invited to a book club. And the book club, we are reading this book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. So maybe some of you have heard of her. She has a really amazing book about her conversion story, which I would suggest you go check that out. But this, The Gospel Comes with a House Key is, Rosaria doesn't pull any punches, man. She's got her perception. She's got her perspective on the world and she shares it for sure. And she's calling people into radical hospitality. Keeping your door open, what does it look like to connect in a real authentic ways with your neighbors? do life together, share Jesus with them just because you're loving them and you're inviting them to safe open spaces and you're connected in a very real way. And so I was thinking about this and I'm like, man, you know i, I I'm connected to a lot of people, have a lot of friends and and really thankful for the community that we have. However, we happen to live in a neighborhood that's just a little buttoned up. Let's just be honest. And so it's hard to, there's just older people. There's some retired people. There's some people that travel a ton, people in different stages of life. And to be honest, we've lived here for like a dozen years in our house. I don't know, 10 years. And I don't know my immediate neighbors all that well. Yeah. And it's been something that's kind of irked me and kind of bothered me for a long time, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, life goes on and I'm just, I'm just being honest with you right now. So after reading that book, I'm like, all right, God, what does it look like for me where I live to connect with my neighbors in a real way, in a different way? So I just throw that out into the atmosphere, kind of like, you know, Evan Almighty is praying to God. I, I pray to God and I'm like, okay, I feel this stirring, but I, I don't know what to do with it. So I kid you not, like two days later, I am in conversation with my backyard neighbor. So she invites me over again. I'm We had planned for coffee. And she invites me over and she says, you know, I don't know if you're in a Bible study right now, but I have had this sense and idea that it'd be really cool to have a neighborhood Bible study. And I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, you're going to laugh or maybe you're not going to laugh because you're going to know that God is this is God. I was like, I just read this book and now it's been on my mind. How can I get to know neighbors better? How can we have real deeper conversations and connections? And then no sooner said than done, you are randomly, quote unquote, inviting me over for coffee and teeing up this idea of a neighborhood Bible study. And the funniest thing was she said, I really think that you should coordinate it because I I'm already in a couple of Bible studies and I think that, you know, I'm not sure that I would be in it. But I am sensing that it'd be really cool if it happened and oh by the way Megan, I think you should lead it. So I just had to laugh cuz I was like, "Oh my gosh, isn't that God to to confirm something that's already on my heart? Have a neighbor that I haven't spoken to in a very long time kind of present this idea to me?" And not only did she present the idea to me, she's not even really committing to partner with me in it. She's like, hey, I think you should do it. And I've got other things going on, so I'm not sure I would actually come. So I walked away from that coffee time with her and I just kind of had to laugh. And I was like, okay, God, I can see you inviting me into something new. And so as I'm telling you this story, it is real time. I'm in the middle of starting to call and text and invite women in my neighborhood to consider a neighborhood Bible study. So hopefully we're going to have an interest meeting soon. And then the Bible study will begin to happen with whoever is interested. And so keep me honest, keep me accountable, check in on me, ask me how it's going. So if you follow me on social media, DM me and be like, Hey, Megan, how's it going? I need accountability. But I, here's the deal. I have sensed the Holy Spirit nudge for a long time now. Let's just be honest, a long time to, to reach out and to connect with my actual neighbors. You know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And I haven't really known my actual neighbors very well. And so I'm feeling the Holy Spirit divine invitation to, to reach out, to start a connecting, go in a deeper way with my actual neighbors. And so we are right now in discussions, sending out the idea beginning to plan it. And so ask me about it. I definitely need the accountability. But I'm telling you today, if you're in a season of discernment, the best way, the very best way to figure out what God is saying is to begin to walk it out. Start trying some things. See what works and what doesn't. And this is the often messy part of it. It's just not that wrapped up in a bow. It's just not. So, I would love to hear from you. Again, DM me on Instagram or Facebook. You could email me Megan at meganbnilson.com. Let me know like what are you? What's coming to you? What Holy Spirit stirring are you feeling that you're like, "Okay, true confession time here. I've been feeling this for a while and I have not acted on it or I don't really know what to do." And I would love to be able to support and encourage you as we kind of just lace up our shoes and start walking this thing out together. Speaking of my website, meganbnilson.com, go check it out. I am so excited. I have been working with Ashley Hedrick, so I'm happy to pass along her information to you, but she has remodeled, redesigned my website and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You can find all the resources, podcast episodes, books I've written, you know, speaking opportunities, whatever go check it out. Do me a favor and hit me up. Let me know what you think about it. So shout out to Ashley. Thanks for your help. And I just need to know that I'm not alone on this journey of discernment. Okay, you guys. So message me. Let me know. How are you lacing up your spiritual walking shoes, walking out something in faith? How can we support each other? And yeah, I love you guys. And we are listening and we are learning together. How are we learning by doing? All right. I'll catch you next time. thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nielsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.